welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Not too bad, it's been a very interesting day. I'll talk about one thing in particular, obviously, in a minute, involving a video game that I played. Uh, but what did you play this, this week, or within the last week, I suppose? Yeah, uh, well, I haven't had a whole lot of time to game the last few days. Uh, you know, life kind of gets in the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus, the weather here where I live has been completely nuts. Normally, this time of year, it's starting to cool off. Leaves start to change from green to the various colors of the rainbow. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. But, nope, the weather decided to give one last giant F you to everybody, and it's been like plus 90, mid-90 degrees the last few days. It kind of reminds me of that one scene of Brick and Morty with the whole family standing on the hill, and they're just admiring how beautiful the planet is, and then the sun comes up and just gives this god-awful scream like somebody's rubbing a rusty cheese grater across his testicles. That's been the last three or four days for me. I mean, it is hot and sweaty, and I've had to take showers twice a day just to keep from feeling all gross and Damn. sticky. Yep. And then the temperature over the weekend is going to completely bottom out. It's going to drop like 40 degrees over the next two days. And then that's why I've always said the the weather around here is like a giant wheel getting spin with darts chucked at it. I mean, that's honestly how it feels sometimes. <laughs> uh, but outside of that insanity, uh, mostly I've been making progress with uh, State of K2. Um, I've been playing the Heartland mode, and you kind of run into a wall in the literal sense to where they in- introduced a new obstacle in Heartland called the Plague Wall. And basically you have to uh, headshot the bloaters and then, so they don't explode, and then you have to sneak up to them and harvest them, and that lets you craft a, a plague buster. And then, when you go to a plague wall, you have to chuck plague busters at the plague wall at this very specific spot, and then damage it, and it'll go through like three stages of damage before it goes down. Uh, the problem you run into with that is that you have to find a weapon where you can do enough damage to get a full section down. Because once you get the full section, because each wall has like three sections, and then once you get the full section down, it locks up, and then you got to throw another uh, Plague Buster. But you can't do that because as soon as you knock down a section, it throws like a dozen zombies and a couple of three freaks that you usually either Juggernauts or uh, Ferals, you know, the really annoying ones. Um, and so you have to run away very fast, very Monty Python style, to get to a point where you can shoot everything that's chasing you. And then reheal up and go back and forth. Well, I've been doing the story mode, and I'm on my fourth wall right now doing that. So that's just been taking up a lot of time. But I finally did find a, a gun that's, that can take down a full uh, section in without a sing- without reloading. Because if you reload, you just lose all your time because eventually the plague buster wears off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it had to be a gun that had a 60 ammo clip just to be able to take down one section of the wall. So that kind of tells you how tough those walls are. But I've been able to mow through three walls, and I'm on my last wall now, and then I'm still doing more and more of that. Um, and like I said a couple of podcasts ago, I'm really just kind of spinning my wheels until The Outer Worlds comes out, which is going to be in 23 days, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really it's a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, so I've just been doing kind of like small stuff, this and that and the other. Cool. Uh, all right, so I think... Well, the because we didn't get to talk about what we were playing last time because we had state of play and, and whatnot. Uh, well, we did. We didn't not get around to it. We just kind of forgot to talk about it. But that's fine. 
Um, so the uh, previous weekend, uh, I did obviously the Call of Duty Modern Warfare beta. Uh, if you want to see some of that, like literally see me play it, uh, there's of course the Let's Play Sundays episodes. There's actually two of those. Uh, I think there's another Let's. I think there's two or three Let's Plays I did for that. I've I've lost count, but um, you can obviously watch me play some of that. What one of the earlier Let's Plays was for the two v two alpha. Uh, so you can check all those out as, as well if you if you want to see if you want to see what the game's like if you want to see if I'm good at it uh, and whatnot you can check those out. Um, but of course the beta's ended the game's out on the 25th same day as Outer Worlds because you know not 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 a busy time of the year or anything you know it's only Medieval coming out as well and then uh, Luigi's Mansion out on the 31st so yeah <laughs> that, that this happens every October all, all the games come out in one go. Um, but past that, obviously, because I can't play the Modern Warfare beta any, anymore at the moment, uh, I've moved on to, um, I played, so I signed up to uh, Game Pass again, and, because um, of course I don't I don't use it on the month that I don't have it, because I would be just giving Microsoft money for no reason. Um, so I re-signed up to uh, Game Pass and installed, I knew obviously Blair Witch and Gears 5 were on there. Uh, installed both of those, uh, they took you know, a decent amount of time to install whatever. And uh, I thought, okay, Blair Witch is probably going to be the shorter game and the smaller game, perhaps. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll jump in there, check that out, because I know I'm going to probably invest. You know, if I didn't like Blair Witch, which I haven't quite come to that decision yet itself, uh, I know I'll have more interest in Gears 5, or at least play a good chunk of Gears 5 and probably finish it. So I thought, okay, I'll dip my toe in the first game to see if I like that. If I don't, then I'll just go on to Gears 5 and keep Game Pass anyway. Uh, so I jumped into a, a couple of minutes of Blair Witch and just kind of realised I wasn't really in the mood for like a investigative camera sort of horror game basically. So I, I'm going to go back to it. I've still got the same interest level for it. I just, you know when you, you want to jump into something and you realise like, okay, I'm just not in the mood for this at the moment, but I'm going to jump in later. Uh, and then you, you know, I thought, okay, I want, I want, I'm interested in Gears Five, and I went ahead and jumped into that. But with Blair Witch, um, it, I don't think it looked very good. Uh, I know I've only played a couple of minutes, like I said, but obviously I saw the graphics for a couple of minutes, so I know what they look like. Um, I don't think it looked great, and I wasn't expecting like it to look incredible or anything. But I was expecting it to look slightly better. Maybe the game changes as it goes on, obviously, because some later parts of the game are going to be at night because the first little very very small section is is uh during the day and uh so i didn't get to see too much but it was like um what was it you're, you're told to get in contact with someone i couldn't work out how to do it and then i looked through the, the character's phone log and called a bunch of people and that didn't work i was like okay i'm just i'm just gonna come back to this later because i'm not in the like in the mood for it right now um and then, so yeah, I clicked that off, and then went to went to Gears Five. Really, really enjoying it so far. I'm on Act One, Chapter Three or Four, I think. Uh, for those of you that have played it, I've got to the big ice section. Uh, I don't really consider that a spoiler, obviously. Uh, and you you basically got this big sort of ski thing, which you can control with a kite type of thing. It's like a ski that's got a t kite tied to it and you use that to navigate this this big world it, it's not necessarily open world it's just like you sort of have these stations that you go to and essentially you the characters have conversations on the way to these stations and that's the, the part of that obviously there's a section before that um i kind of forgotten how much i liked gears of war until i played gears 5 which might sound a bit silly because you know if if you like something you know that you like something but 
It happened with Gears of War 4 as well, obviously after Gears 3 I thought that the series was finished because it kind of was. Uh, so Gears of War 4 comes out and I realised again how much I enjoyed it and then Gears of War 5 gets announced and I just, for some reason I just wasn't too excited for it but I knew that I'd at least go in and play it and uh, yeah just kind of remembered again of how much I really like the franchise and really like the characters and everything. And I think that some of the things they're doing in Gears 5, obviously I've not finished it yet, is really really interesting. I think that there's this particular main plot line which I can't mention what it is because it will be a spoiler uh, and I'm interested to see where it's going to go because there's already been impact with it like some big impact with it and um, it's going to be very interesting Interesting to see if that's going to bleed into Gears 6 in any kind of way. I'm assuming there's going to be a Gears of War 6 uh, which would make sense. Uh, but yeah the gameplay is still good old Gears and you've got this... Um, you got this uh, robot thing called uh, Jack that's with you and he can like stun enemies and search the area and do other different things. He gets damaged sometimes but you can just revive him. He doesn't get damaged too much. Um, like too too often I mean. Uh, and you can make him go and stun the enemies. You can make him search the area. You can make him pick up things for you. Um, like if, if an enemy's dropped a gun and you want the ammo for that gun you can sort of point at it and say hey Jack go and grab that and he'll do that for you. Uh, instead of you running out into the open and getting shot out, you can just get him to, to bring guns to you, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, you've got to remember to use him, though. I Sometimes I forget, like, oh, yeah, I can use Jack to, to stun these enemies or to pick up this gun or whatever. Uh, and you can upgrade him as you're going through. You get these different, you know, just computer component things. And uh, you can upgrade his different abilities. So really, yeah, really, really enjoying it so far. It might be my game of the year so far. I'm not 100% sure, but um, I keep just wanting to play it. So that's usually a good sign. Um, like every time I'm sort of pulled away from it for you know various different reasons, um, I kind of can't wait to get back to it. So, and that's how I'm feeling now. I can't wait to get back to it as well. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to play more of it. So, how about you? Are you going to check out Gears Five? At some point, I might. It is part of uh, you know Game Pass. Uh, yeah, Game Pass, which I have the Game Pass Ultimate. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in a weird lull, I might check it out. But uh, you know, I. I own most of the year's games because they've been a games with gold at some point, but yeah. I've never really played them a whole lot. So, mm-hmm. uh, have you played all of them? I've played a little bit of one, but I didn't. It didn't really click with me. It's kind of like The Witcher. Okay. I don't doubt that it's a great game. I don't doubt that it's technically and mechanically a great game. It's just for whatever reason it never clicked with me, and so mm-hmm. I just never really got into it. Cool. All right, but yeah, that's my impression so far of Gears Five. What would you would you call it, Gears of War Five or Gears Five? I think both are appropriate. Yeah, so. so I mean, I think Gears 5 is just kind of the shortened name for it, really. So, uh, call it whatever you want. So, I'll probably do a review of it once I've finished it, because I have a lot of things to say about it. At least at the moment, I'm not even in, like, the second act yet. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, that's what, we, well, uh, that's what we've been playing. Uh, let's move into some housekeeping. See if that in a minute. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today... Just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. 
that's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment and then all you need to do is support us at the one dollar level tier that will get you access to all of the ad free podcasts that we've done in in the past and get you access to all the ad free podcasts in that month as well so it's a great way to support us on entertainment talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad free podcasts you can also become a patron at the three dollar level tier that gets you access to ad free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a tv show or a film of entirely your choice that's one per month for either a tv show or a film review which is at the three dollar level tier as always thank you very much for listening back to the show all right recently on entertainment talk today me and robert sorry me and david uh went and did our walking dead season 10 preview podcast the show of course starts this sunday on amc and then monday on fox just like it has done for the last nine years ten years basically uh, ever since the show's been on uh so of course we've got a preview podcast for that it's about an hour or so and you can go and listen to that if you're excited for the walking dead season 10 or if you're not excited for the walking dead season 10 you can still go and listen to it uh obviously there'll be spoilers for previous seasons because it's a preview for the upcoming season so uh go and check that out as well we'll of course be back next wednesday to talk about season 10 episode 1 so it's uh, just the the usual thing with that uh, the chat podcast episode 10 for October discussing well October and September uh, September was entertainment talks biggest month so thank you all very very much for allowing that to happen uh, thank you Robert for being part of the podcast that lead to the numbers that make it uh, the best month and for, for being part of entertainment talk uh, thank you very much for that and thank you all very much for of course checking out the content because we can make the content but in order for it to be successful you have to check it out and uh, that has happened quite a lot last month and it was the most successful month so thank you all very very much for doing that and uh, let's push on with october got some really good stuff coming up in october and uh, it's going to be really uh, fun and interesting so we'll see what happens uh the united cast uh, some interesting man united are in such a weird period at the moment uh drew 1-1 at home to arsenal possibly should have won the game but you know certain decisions and bad players and whatnot were happening uh we drew 1-1 so that's that we've got a uh, europa league game tomorrow against alkama i think it is someone in the europa league i can't remember the, the team's name because they're Diff- different or whatever uh but we've got that game and then we've got newcastle away on sunday which i can't imagine us losing that game but you just never know with football you can be surprised quite often uh would you be surprised if i told you within the last like five years that leicester won the premier league you gotta remember i know nothing about the european football circuit on any level so you could tell me that you know five <laughs> drunken pandas won it and i you know couldn't completely disregard it okay fair enough uh, but yes, that's the United cast, uh, everything that's happened so far and all that. Uh, Let's Play Sundays, as I mentioned, Call of Duty, the Modern Warfare beta, which is going to be out on that 25th, the same day as Outer Worlds and uh, Medieval, so have a look out for that. Uh, what else have we got here? The Good Place is back for Season 4, the fourth and final season, Season 4, Episode 1. I reviewed that, of course, and also attached the interview because David sent it to me. Uh, he interviewed the art director for the show, and that's at the end of the review of the podcast. So you can go and check that out if you want to. Uh, so Good Place is back. Uh, American Horror Story still still continuing for Season 9. Uh, episode 3 will be tomorrow for Thursday, so look out for that. But episode 2, I've covered... Uh, obviously episodes one and two so far for american horror story for season nine so you can of course look out for those podcasts 
Uh, what else have we got? Classic Reviews is finished for Season 2. The Season 2 rankings are out there. You can check out Classic Reviews. Uh, Unbelievable is a mini-series on Netflix. I highly, highly recommend you watch it because it's incredible. Uh, I can't say good, enough good words about it. And of course you can listen to me say the good words about it on my review podcast for the mini-series. There's unfortunately not going to be a Season 2. I'd like one because it was a very, very good show. But it's a mini or limited series uh, which is on Netflix. Definitely go and check that out if you are interested in good television. So, yeah. Uh, Spoiler-free reviews. If you remember, Robert, last week we reviewed Aquaman, Shazam, X-Men, Dark Phoenix. And you talked about X-Men Apocalypse. So, four little mini spoiler-free reviews that we put into one podcast. So, you can check that out. And that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move in to some news. What do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, first up, we have a little interesting uh, lawsuit going on. Uh, mm. James Phantom Lord Varga was suspended from Twitter, uh, from Twitch rather, in 2016 over his association with the Counter Strike Go skins gambling site CS:GO Shuffle. Oh yeah, he used and promoted the site on his channel, um, but it turns out he uh, was actually the owner of the site which he did not disclose when he was promoting it, and that he was using quote-unquote house money, basically free money, rather than money he actually invested from his own account when he was gambling on it. Uh, Now, back in early 2018, uh, Varga filed a lawsuit against Twitch for loss of income, claiming that his suspension was a result of an unbiased false accusation leveled at Varga by a third party. Uh, You know, blah 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 legal crap, legal crap, legal crap. A judge ruled in the legal action that the $50,000 um, claim was unconscionable, which means that the judge found clause so um, unjust, one si- unjustly one-sided uh, that the lawsuit cannot be enforced, which means that Varga can claim a much higher dollar amount in the damages in his lawsuit. Now, this isn't completely one-sided in the favor of Varga. The judge did rule that uh, Vargas claim about the contract uh, specifically that he didn't read the entire digital copy because he quote did not know that he could scroll through the pages to view them uh, was not acceptable he described that defense as beyond uh, credible um, declaring that Varga who spent virtually all his waking hours on computers and was familiar with uh, programs that he should know that uh, he should be able to scroll through that yeah yeah. Now, despite that, the, ju- the judge did rule that while Varga had some uh, college education, had been contractually had been in a contractual relationship uh, before his deal with Twitch, there was a significant disparity in the legal sophistication, and that Varga did not use an attorney. Basically, the sum of all of this was that um, Varga can claim more money than the initial lawsuit. Uh, for loss of income, and the bigger crux to this is that anybody that gets suspended for Twitch uh, now has a legal precedent to sue Twitch for loss of income over that suspension and or dismissal. 
So this is going to fall back onto um, different streamers who get suspended for various reasons, such as uh, inappropriate conduct, such as you know showing nudity on screen, showing inappropriate content on screen, uh, and other violations of the Twitch's terms of service. So I know I I rarely, if ever, stream on Twitch, and I know you're big into that. Have you heard anything about this or heard any reaction to this? No, it's the first I'm kind of hearing about stuff. I don't stream that regularly. If, usually at the moment, if I'm going to be recording gameplay stuff, it's the, it's the recorded stuff uh, like directly from the console uh, on PS4 because I know that it won't suddenly just cut out for uh, connection reasons. Because there's been a few times where... Uh, I've gone to record on Twitch, and it will tell you like, "Hey, you're, you're on air now. It's it's started." And I'll give like a, I'll give myself like a five second countdown because there's a small delay, uh, and then like I'll do an intro and then I'll start playing, and then it will be like, "Hey, you've lost connection to the server," and I'll be like, "Well, that was a bummer. I was in a good sort of, you know, uh, place there with the video. I was make, I was doing good progress with it, and it just kind of cut out. And now the basically all I have to do is the share button on PlayStation. I press it twice quickly. It comes up with the record thing, and I start playing and talking or whatever and then once i'm finished i press it twice again and then I, it's it's finished so every every now and then i stream just something on twitch i'll just kind of throw it up or whatever uh like just sort of sort of start it um but yeah in terms of the the, the stuff that's going on i don't know too much about it so because uh, i i don't watch as much twitch as i kind of uh used to because um was it bold move who i watched on twitch a lot they've kind of taken taking a break from it um but outside of that i've got no sort of involvement with twitch so um yeah but it's it's interesting because a couple of i think like a couple of weeks ago or whatever we we discussed that someone someone else was having issues with something to do with twitch um and uh, obviously everybody's got their own contracts and stuff like that of course recently ninja moved from twitch to mixer and there was a big discussion about that and like obviously there was the whole thing where twitch accidentally used his well on purposely or whatever used his profile to stream certain things and um they weren't supposed to do that so there's always different like you know contracts and things that people aren't and aren't and are allowed to do and uh just depends on the person and what's going on so um yeah i mean i think youtube's probably in a bigger space of problem uh in terms of like copy just sending people copyright issues for various different things so uh yeah that's pretty that's pretty much my thoughts on on the situation i mean I, I i a couple of weeks ago well i think it was like last week i went to check on the let's play sundays episodes on on youtube see how that how they were doing and that sort of thing and uh it said like hey you this this video is not blocked but you've got copyright because of this song or whatever i always kind of find that kind of strange where like let's say i'm playing just fifa or something and then there's obviously licensed music in fifa i'm not trying to make money off of the music in the game i'm trying to make uh money from my commentary and my gameplay on the game so i've never really quite i i get it like if if there's a song that you own and it's in someone else's video that they've put as their own i guess there's a thing there but i've never just quite understood that from you know oh you're trying to take money from my song but i, I suppose that there's different stuff so yeah what, what what do you think yeah well a lot of this is just because um a lot of law is based off of precedent from earlier rulings and since Twitch and Twitch streaming and basically internet streaming is so relatively new, mm. uh, we don't have a whole lot of precedent. So this does set an interesting precedent. Uh, now, the last uh, paragraph in the article um, is part of the reason why I hate lawsuits in general 
is that the judge said from a prac, and this is a quote here, from a practical point of view, capping damages at that relatively small amount of money, $50,000, effectively insulates Twitch against lawsuits because there is no clause for legal fees, and there are many lawyers who would not be willing to take a case against Twitch for such a quote-unquote reasonable percentage of $50,000, which is why I hated the uh, Infinia lawsuit and every other lawsuit because it's just a giant pile of money for the lawyers and then just scraps for everybody else. And now having said that, I do like that there is precedent for suing Twitch against you know loss of income because if you are a Twitch streamer and that is your primary income, and they take that away from you, you should have some avenue mm -hmm. towards that, and you should be able to sue for that. And technically, you can sue for anything over anything over anything. Um, you're With your age, you probably don't know who Michael Jordan is, do you? Yeah, I know who Michael Jordan is. He was okay, also one, well, um, I mean, basketball player, and didn't wasn't he yeah. the, start, the basketball player in uh, Space Jam? I think he yeah, he was, was the guy yeah. in Space Jam. He was probably one of the most... Far famous in uh, basketball players of my generation mm -hmm. he's also the first to really really nail home like endorsements and commercials and things like that uh um he was actually sued for 88 million dollars because somebody claimed that he looked like michael jordan and that ruined his life he did not look like michael jordan okay. you look you look more like michael jordan than the guy suing him looks like <laughs> michael jordan um but he still was able to file the lawsuit and so mm -hmm. you know for future streamers uh, that do get kicked off of Twitch for whatever reason, they at least have a precedent to go by. Whether or not it's valid, that's always going to be dependent on the specifics of the case and the facts of the case and anything else. But at least that precedent was set. So, mm -hmm. minor victory in that. Yeah, uh, cool. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, Tencent, which we've talked about a couple of times on the podcast, is a Chinese company that buys... You know, bits of this, bits of that, not massive amounts, just, just enough to really have the kind of, uh, I guess, fingers in the pie. I don't know if there's a, a UK equivalent to a slang term, just having a piece of something. Yeah, yeah like a, um, a piece of the pie kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Norwegian publisher and developer Funcom, uh, the outfit behind Conan Exiles and The Secret World and the upcoming game based on Dune, uh, is being purchased in part by Tencent, who will own a 29% share of the company. In the official press release, FunCon states that Tencent is acquiring the share of the company currently held by Norwegian film KGJ, capital A-S, and as noted by Reuters International, has done so at a premium. And while the ink has not been officially sealed as of the posting of the article from two days ago, uh, this is expected to go through. Um, Tencent has been heavily invested in publishers and developers around the world. Last year, they became the majority shareholder of Path of Exile Studio Grinding Gears Games. Uh, they also own a large, a large share of Epic Games, although Epic is keen to stress that it does not put Tencent in charge. And they have a share of Ubisoft, Riot, Paradox, and Frontier. So basically, they're a company that's buying chunks, uh, parts of other companies, not in terms of parts of like IP, but just parts of, you know, ten percent of this, fifteen percent of that. Okay. And yeah. they use that to generate the revenue. So, uh, what this means, it's hard telling. Um, there is a lot of heavy, heavy uh, censorship in uh, China. A lot of the search engines like Google and Bing, or whatever, have to heavily filter what gets through the Chinese IP, so whether or not this is going to be a big thing, nobody knows. Uh, but 
China obviously having that large of a population, a lot of companies want to be part of that market just to tap into that uh, you know revenue stream that's currently cut off for a good number of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean companies are always trying to get um, the most amount of money out of their properties for for the most part. I mean there's there's companies out there that are certainly more greedy than others. Uh, of course, we could name a few, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're trying to get a, a stake in something, and that that's just what that is, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I I don't have too much to say about this, I suppose. But um, yeah, it's just in terms of ownership and make. I mean, I mean, businesses are out there to make money at the end of the day, and uh, it just depends on the things that you're putting money into are they good are they entertaining uh did they, and that sort of thing so it's kind of like with certain um like things like the suicide squad where people say hey you know suicide squad was terrible and whatever and the same thing with like venom but those films made money and that's what was at the end of the day important it's kind of similar in that way in terms of you know it it doesn't quite matter if a certain film is actually good it just matters if it made money, because then you can, you know, get that money back, make a bit more, and then make something else. So, but yeah, uh, other than that, I've not got too much else to say about this. How about you? Yeah, it's just one of those things that it kind of is what it is, and we'll just see where it goes from there. Mm-hmm. All right, what else have you got to talk about? Uh, well, we got a bit of a tease from Bethesda over the future of Fallout 76. Um, they've been doing some fan events, like the last couple, three weeks, they've been doing what they've called Meat Week, to where... Um, you kill monsters and grill the meat and it kind of builds into like a public event. Okay. And then they're doing the same thing with, uh, whatever they call their infected, which I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but, uh, they're making some quality of life changes and they're, uh, uh teasing some stuff that's upcoming. Uh, the biggest news is that they're announcing that there's going to be a public test server for fallout 76. It is in the works. It's not launching yet but uh, it will be launching sometime next year. Uh, From the public test server, um, early changes to the perks, the loadouts, things like that uh, will be going on. Uh, A legendary system is in the works. No real big uh, specifics on that. Um, They're building a social system, uh, which they have as an ETA as soon as possible. Uh, They're tweaking some public events, they're, they're descri- some people that have been like seeing some of the inside stuff is they're de- kind of describing it as the no man's sky of the Bethesda universe to where it was a horrible yeah. launch yeah and they're just finally getting their act together so yeah I mean that's kind of one of the you know I did that episode the uh, let's stop accepting bad AAA video games and of course I did a second part because of uh, certain feedback but um that's just, I mean that's one of the big things that I talked about which is let, let's say you're not as in tune into gaming as what certain people out there are uh, certain other people are uh, which which is fine you know you play games to what degree you want to to the degree that makes you happy um and it's interesting where like you know if you brought Fallout 76 on launch day you were probably thoroughly disappointed but let's say because the game's been out for what almost a year let's say in another six months or something so about a year and a half from launch you go oh i like fallout i played fallout 3 and 4 and whatever and uh you know maybe you have fallout shelter on your on your tablet or on your switch or whatever maybe you're you're a fallout fan whatever although if you're if you're a fallout fan i don't know why you would have waited a year and a half to buy the game anyway 
Um, it's it, and then you find out like Fallout Shelter is out there. Maybe you got some friends. Uh, Fallout Shelter, Fallout uh, seventy six is out there, and you got some friends, and you want to do some online stuff. And maybe the game is significantly more patched at that point, and there's a lot more content. And you go in with obviously a completely different response to the game because you w- would then not see it as a bad AAA video game because it's been uh well fixed more at that point it depends how the game ends up but yeah it just kind of goes to show that that really is a thing as to where you know if you got the game at launch and it was broken and had no had no content and all that sort of stuff obviously it's not the first game to do that uh you're just going to go in with a different reception and it'll be interesting to see uh over the next i mean over the next like couple of years i think bethesda's obviously going to try and keep this going uh for a few more years and hopefully not do any more merchandise because they really messed that up uh, obviously we talked about that stuff last week but um yeah if you're a fallout person and you've kept uh going back to this game or whatever robert i know you've kind of done that from from time to time um like what what is this game gonna look like in two years and, and that sort of thing as opposed to what it looked like at launch day um and there's a and there's a difference as well between like Okay, fair enough. Like, let's say you launch and you don't have major bugs or glitches, and you launch and you have a really good start. There is still a difference between okay, the quality of the actual game, like performance-wise, and then obviously you know in in two years or a year and a half, there is going to be more content added because it's a live service game. So yeah, what's that going to like look like over time? So we'll see. Uh, but what do you think as a I guess a Fallout guy? Because I'm not quite in that ecosystem, I suppose. Uh, it's hard telling because I don't really play the game a whole lot. I played it a bit after launch when it was uh, about half off early, very, very early. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It was like into, 30% off or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's like less than a month. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, it ran, I wouldn't call it a great game, but it did ran. Um, eventually, you know, I did get to the point to where I could play a good chunk of it. Uh, there's two really big problems with it. Um, like I've said m- multiple times on the podcast, uh, one of the biggest problems is, is that the world that you're in is not static. So if you do building in an area, uh, then you log out and log back in. If somebody else is in your area, all your stuff just boop goes away. Mm-hmm. So there's no real sense of permanence to anything you build, so there's no real incentive to build outside of you know, some functionality with some of the... Uh, repair and crafting stations and the second thing is is that for a game that's called fallout there's not um and it's based off of the vault tech mm-hmm. um idea there's no vaults in it i mean i think there's vault 51 which is a kind of a four person raid but outside of that there's not really vaults to explore which was the core of literally every single fallout game prior to that was having three or four or in some games like 10 or 12 different vaults you could run through and just have like really freaky stuff happening so none of that was ever the case and that really hurt the concept of it yeah i remember when uh you know because fallout 4 is the first and only or or apart from fallout shorter um fallout 4 is the first and only you know mainline uh fallout game i've played one day i'll play fallout 3 but you know not at the moment and I remember the experience of like finding a vault and opening it, and you thought like, okay, what's going to be in this thing? And obviously, as you know, for me again, it was my first Fallout game, so I wasn't sure what I was kind of getting into. You know, obviously, if you played Fallout Three before that, you sort of had maybe different expectations. But yeah, I remember like opening a vault and seeing like, okay, this thing's probably been here for a long time, and there's been some things that have happened, and uh, it's kind kind of weird because I didn't actually know that that there was no vaults in 
in 76 because I don't really you know pay attention to the game and whatnot but um yeah that's that's kind of surprising knowing that that experience would be kind of gone in that game so um yeah but again we'll see how the game evolves over time if it stays around uh because I mean in a way Fallout 76 has beaten Anthem because Anthem has not only ended up on the vault and is still kind of broken or whatever um it's uh the EA vault I'm talking about obviously um like they, they, they've they've stopped their roadmap and stuff, and you don't hear about the game anymore. As opposed to with Fallout seventy six, every couple of weeks or a month or so, you kind of bring it up and talk about updates. So yeah, it kind of beat one of the other bad live service games, which is interesting. So yeah, we'll see how things go over time. Um, what else did you want to talk about? Uh, well, if you're a PC gamer or you want to be a PC gamer, now's a good time to do an AMD uh, powered build. Uh, they just uh, announced their what they call the Raise the Game Bundle offer, and you can get three free games and three not insignificant games, along with a month, three months of uh, Xbox Game Pass for PC. Uh, so here's the specifics. If you buy a qualifying AMD Radon card, and you can go to the website to list all the cards, which I'm not going to do here, mm-hmm. uh, you get your choice of either Borderlands 3 or Ghost uh, Recon Breakpoint, as well as three months of Game Pass. If you get a qualifying processor, you can get both the Outer Worlds and Borderlands 3, and then three months of Game Pass. So if you pair the graphics card with the processor, uh, you can get Borderlands 3, Ghost Recon, and Outer Worlds, as well as six months of Game Pass. Although the uh, uh, fine print in the promotion specifically states that only a single promotional three-month Game Pass uh, can be redeemed over a 12-month period per Microsoft account. So you can either do three months of Game Pass, wait nine more months, and do three months of Game Pass, or you can just gift the Game Pass to somebody else. Um, so if you just search AMD Raise the Game, uh, you can find the website and find all the particulars to that site. Um, I am going to do a PC rebuild at some point, probably either for Black Friday or Sunday, Cyber Monday, depending on what the sales are. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it is kind of cool that AMD is definitely trying to uh, um, make their platform the platform for PC gaming, especially since Intel's more been on like the Apple business side. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, eventually I'll probably just buy a new laptop. So <laughs> that'll be about the extent of uh, what I do. It, it, it feels weird sometimes because I did uh, like three years of uh, computers at, at college and I did uh, computer stuff at school before that. And sometimes I say to myself like, okay, maybe I should, like with, with the the experience I've gained or whatever, that like, okay, at some point I should build a PC, but it's never felt like something I should actually, like actually need to do. It just felt like something just to wear okay pe- people have associated me as kind of a computer guy or whatever and at some points i've thought like okay how come i have not built my own uh pc but i've just never felt the need to i've always just gone out and got a new laptop at some point so uh this has never really kind of happened um because i always hear about people making new pc builds and that sort of kind of stuff and it sounds kind of cool but uh i i just prefer to to buy the thing whole so uh plus i tend to stick to laptops as opposed to uh, uh computers but anyway um yeah, it's cool that you can get like different months of Game Pass and all that sort of stuff. Uh, then you can go and play, obviously, Gears of War and whatever. Uh, and if it's Game Pass Ultimate and that, obviously, you can go and play. Actually, you couldn't do it because it's got... Uh, are the old games... Are the old Gears games on uh, Game Pass? Because, obviously, they were games with gold, but they're not going to be anymore because those months have gone past. I but I don't think they technically know. 
I, yeah. I honestly don't technically know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some games just run better on PC in terms of functionality, in terms of um, how you actually play the game. Like, I've tried playing MMOs on mm-hmm. consoles, and it just doesn't work. You kind of need that keyboard and mouse experience. Now, granted, you know, with the Xbox, you can't do a keyboard and mouse, but the game on console isn't really designed for that, so it doesn't really have some of that functionality. Um, and in terms of building a PC, I, I do like building a PC more than anything else, um, just because you don't have all that extraneous crap on there. Like, you don't have... Like, let's say, hypothetically, you buy it from a name brand. They'll put, like, five or six programs on there that you're never going to use because <laughs> there was a sponsorship to put those five or six programs on there. Right. They're yeah. going to put two or three assistant programs on there in case, you know, you're not smart enough to find your own ass with both hands and a roadmap and don't know how to use an actual computer despite the fact you actually turned it on. <laughs> and that's all the on there. Not counting all the other background program that you never even see, but just constantly bogs it down. I'd much, much rather, you know, build a straight PC, just put the raw operating system on that. And then just any software that's on there is because I put it on there. Mm-hmm. That, you know, has a great amount of value for me. So that's why at some point I will do a PC build. Cool. Um, and like I said, with the, uh, the 3000 AMD series coming out, that's pushing the cost of the, uh, the sevens down a lot and so i'm looking to save about two hundred dollars give or take on the exact same bill just because when that processor comes out you know that's where the new hotness is going to be so everything else is going to get discounted cool all right uh what else do you want to talk about today uh well the last one i had to talk about is the last of us two mm-hmm. um as we talked about on the live stream last week uh, we have the official date and we have the official uh trailer and all that stuff after the stream came out they released the official plethora of order bonuses um so if you pick up the standard edition of the last of us 2 uh this is both digital and physical copies uh you will get an exclusive avatar for your ps4 that's a picture of ellie's tattoo of the game Uh, this is only available for pre-order of the digital and digital deluxe editions uh speaking of the digital deluxe edition uh, it comes with the digital soundtrack, six PSN avatars, and a digital mini art book from the comic book uh, publisher Dark Horse. Uh, no listing of what the avatars are, of what they do, or whether the theme is dynamic or static. Uh, but this is going to be the $70 US version digitally on the PSN. Uh, then there's the Last of Us 2 Special Edition, which has everything from that. But it's the physical release. Uh, comes with a steel book, and uh, the steel book is filled with uh, 50 pages of in art everything, and that's uh, $80 US. Uh, then there's the collector's edition, which is everything previous, and includes and but it adds in a 12-inch uh, statue of Ellie sitting on a rock playing a guitar, a life-size replica of Ellie's bracelet from the game, a lithograph art print and thank you letter. A set of five stickers, two of the game's logo, two of Naughty Dog's logo, and one of Ellie's tattoo. Six enamel pins, the game's logo, Ellie's knife, a stop sign with the Fireflies logo on it, a wolf, and Ellie's tattoo. And that is $170 for the physical edition U.S. And then there's finally the Last of Us 2 Ellie Elite Edition, which comes with all the previous stuff. 
along with a fully functional replica of Ellie's backpack from the game, a patch with the game's logo on the far right of the which is on the picture when you look it up online, a seven inch vinyl record of the game's soundtrack that is being composed by Gustavo Santolola, who did the game's uh, first audio. And again, this is only a physical edition, uh, but it is going for $230 US, and now I'm exhausted and need a nap. <laughs> yeah, um, they're kind of cheaper than what I thought that they would be, considering the, the stuff that you get in there. That's just kind of my feeling towards it. Um, I would kind of like the, not the Ellie edition, the one that you said before that, the one that doesn't have the... Uh, the the, one that's the got, collector's. The, the collector's yeah. edition thing. Um, with the uh, figurine, yeah. Yeah, with the with the figurine thing. Because I've always kind of liked those ideas. And obviously I do have some different figures. I've got like Toy Story stuff. I've got Walking Dead stuff. I've got uh, a Jack Bauer thing. I've got um, just some other bits and pieces as well. Um, like the figures for the Incredibles, which nobody remembers now. Because they're, they're, I don't know. Um, so I do like collecting some of those things. And I would like to have... Because I've not really got any video game figures like i said i've got all stuff that's based on films and tv uh no particular reason i've just not gone out and brought any uh video game stuff there is this crash bandicoot thing that i want to get which is like 30 pounds um which is basically like again like a full figurine kind of thing for a crash and that'll be cool to have um but yeah i mean i like the last of us 2 a lot uh, last of us a lot i can't say i like the last of us 2 a lot because i haven't played it yet uh but assuming everything goes the way i think it will i, I will like the last of us 2 a lot um, so yeah, it would be nice to have a, a figure of a game I really like, but, um, I think I will probably end up just getting the, um, like, standard edition thing. I, if I can at some, if there's an opportunity maybe to just buy, because I don't need all, like, the pins and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that would be nice, but it's not like, I probably won't use them that much or whatever. If there's the opportunity at some point later, like on, I mean, if I was to buy something like that on eBay, it would probably be, like, £2,000 or something. Um... But if I could, like, at a later opportunity, buy the Ellie figure kind of on her own at a different price or something, um, that might be kind of what I do. But I don't know. I just I want to start collecting other video game stuff, and there's things that I, w- I would like. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's my thoughts on it. But uh, in terms of, like, the... I mean, the backpack also would be kind of cool to have, but there's certain things you don't, like, need from there. It's just obviously kind of cool to have collectors-wise. Um, yeah, how about you? What are you going to get i suppose uh well i'm not gonna get really anything at start just because you know i'm not the biggest fan of the game so i don't really need that i do appreciate mm-hmm. that a lot of that is uh, fan service and there are oh, some sure. really yeah. big and diehard fans of the game so that's you know that's always a plus for me in my book because that just shows the thinking of the fans and it's a way of letting the fans express their fandom mm-hmm. um outside of that i just I mean, I kind of have the space. I just don't really want to use the space. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I could get, you know, a 12-inch LA figure. You know, that's easy enough. I can just put it on underneath my TV stand next to the uh, Fallout armor and Ron Swanson and Steve from Stranger Things. You know, it wouldn't be that out of place. Yeah. Um, I But those are all Funko Pops. And so, you know, when you buy a Funko Pop, that's 20 bucks. When you buy... You know the the Last of Us collectors, whatever. That's two hundred and thirty. That's a bit of a price difference. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, the game's out in four and a half months. Right? About that, yeah. yeah. About that. I actually counted yesterday. I think it's about four and a half months. 
Um, so yeah, obviously I'm very very much looking forward to it. We do have some Last of Us stuff to talk about. And you said that was your last thing, didn't Correct. you? Correct. That was the last one I had. Cool. So. so I will swiftly move into other Last of Us news uh, to make a decent segue. Uh, where is those notes? Um, that's the FIFA stuff. We have some FIFA stuff to talk about in a bit. Uh, more Last of Us details. Here we go. What are you... Uh, uh, oh, I'm uh, sorry. I'm just moving around a okay. little bit. Sorry. Uh, more Last of Us details include... Uh, so there was a big... Um, so on the... What day was it last week the game was revealed? Like the 24th of September? I think, yeah. Something like that. The same day as the State of Play. Obviously, there was the press event as well, which I'd actually forgotten about because obviously we had the whole State of Play thing and I didn't need to really... Uh, we, we we got what we wanted, which was more gameplay and trailer and and uh, obviously a release date was the big thing. Uh, so some of the different press out there, you know, Easy Allies, IGN, kind of funny, all, all those sorts of people. Uh, went out and played some people have said 90 minutes and some people have said four hours of the game so not sure what's going on there but uh, apparently two uh, the, both the same seconds sections were played i think people some people just took a bit, little bit longer to, to play it i couldn't tell you because i haven't played those uh, sections obviously of the game um uh, so this is what kind of the, the these are the notes that i made from what everybody's kind of said and i'll talk about in a minute what uh, neil Druckmann kind of talked about of course the game's director uh, enemies will notice more of what you're doing. Uh, they have dogs that uh, attack and can track your scent, which obviously makes sense because that's kind of what dogs can do. They can track different smells. Uh, and obviously Ellie will have a particular scent uh, and the dog will be able to track that and attack you quite badly uh, to the point where you'll either have to kill the dog or run away from it or again that's that's your choice. And Neil did stress on Twitter that because um, somebody posted like, hey, you, you killed dogs in The Last of Us 2. And obviously they've tried to do that to upset certain people. Uh, I can't remember which who the publisher was, but I remember seeing Neil's reply, and he said like, "Hey, you can actually like not kill the dogs if you're good enough to like stealth around them or whatever. You you can do that as an option, and uh, I think that's very very good as well. So because killing humans, I think is just you know perceived differently to killing dogs in games and and that sort of thing. So, uh, but the dogs are able to track you through scent, so it's up to you to escape from them, obviously. Uh, you can hide in slightly taller grass, not like really tall, like a field of grass or whatever, but just slightly taller grass to where Ellie can sort of lay down and uh, like crawl around and stuff. I did see that's kind of what was shown in the gameplay that we saw as well. Uh, there's like four minutes of new game. <coughs> there's like four minutes of new gameplay, which is out there, which you can go and look at, which I did go and watch for these notes and stuff like that. Uh, so you couldn't, I don't think you could do that in The Last of Us 1. I don't remember being able to do that. Plus there wasn't that much grass, if I remember. Uh, but they showed obviously this one particular section where you know you're you're fighting against this group and uh, you can crawl around in the grass if you're able to not get spotted. Uh, enemies call out their friend's name if they see them getting killed. So if you shoot from someone from a distance or something, and one of their friends notices, they'll go, "Hey, Tom got killed. Let's you know obviously go over there and investigate," which I think is really really cool. Uh, enemies will find their dead friend. So if you if you've killed someone stealthily, but obviously the body's still there. And one of the other enemies walks around to that. They'll see their dead friend, Jessica, or whoever. Uh, and they'll say, hey, I found Jessica. She's she's down, or whatever. And uh, they'll obviously call their other friends over to, to uh, that area. So that's pretty good. Um, enemies will... Uh, yeah, I've just read that bit. Um, they'll also tell their other friends uh, and kind of use that as a searching point. So yeah, they, they'll be kind of calling out to each other. And that sort of stuff, which I I'm, I'm, don't know how well I'm kind of describing that, but looking at it in gameplay and when you've kind of seen, 
you know, when you kill someone, someone else notices and they go, hey, over there, so-and-so got killed or like Tommy's down or whatever. Uh, it's really, really cool to see. And I think that that could be used a bit more in games. Like sometimes you do see like in Assassin's Creed, if you stab someone and then run around the corner, but someone sees the dead body, they'll go, hey, assassin or, or whatever. Um, but like in this, obviously this is different to Assassin's Creed. Um, but in this, obviously, they're kind of they're friends. They know each other's names, and they'll call them out and stuff like that. So, what what do you think of that kind of feature? I suppose uh, it's always interesting. It just shows that uh, you know games are evolving with everything else. So, mm-hmm. what we can do is constantly changing. What we have the ability to do is constantly changing. You know, someone has grown up, you know, in the pre eight bit era <laughs> with video games. It's always still. Uh, uh, impressive on you know what changes can be done and what can be done um, within the game and how that always constantly is more and more and more. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, um, what's going on with that. You know, once that game finally does come out, yeah, it'll be really cool. Um, so yeah, it kind of seems like because obviously I'm familiar with the first one. Obviously, played it. Uh, and everything it kind of seems like everything i gathered outside of the friends calling each other and all that um it kind of seems like this is last of us at its core but evolved uh, obviously because last of us one came out in 2013 yeah it was i think it was actually the last game on ps3 obviously it's been remastered for uh, ps4 and is this month's uh one of this month's uh playstation plus games along with mlb the show 19 which they announced last week of course uh so you can get those as well so if you're on ps plus and you're curious about last of us obviously i'd highly recommend it uh then you can go and download it for free with a paid subscription make of that what you will um but uh yeah it's really kind of seems like again last of us one but evolved i don't remember like dogs tracking your scent i don't remember friends calling each other out and the way i'm kind of describing it might sound like oh you know they they just call each other out and stuff but when you if you actually go and watch the gameplay you'll kind of see a bit more of how realistic it looks in terms of like you know, if you were in, like, even, even like an army or something, and uh, you see in certain army films, like, someone gets shot or something, and they go, hey, soldier down, or that sort of thing. It's kind of like that, but obviously not in a, like, world war situation. It's obviously in a, you know, apocalyptic zombie sort of world. So it, it's a little bit different, but it's the same, fundamentally the same type of thing, where it's like, someone sees their friend down, and they, they call someone over, because they think, you know, the enemy might be near or whatever, uh, which is pretty cool, so... Yeah, really, really good stuff. And uh, Neil kind of was was talking a bit about the game and kind of saying, uh, again, about the different changes and stuff. And there's, I think there was like a nine-minute video that was on. It's on PlayStation's YouTube uh, YouTube channel, uh, which you can check out. And, uh, yeah, he seemed very confident about the game. And he was saying, you know, I'm very excited for everybody to go and play it, uh, which obviously I'm excited to go and play it in February. Um, And, yeah, again, like I said last week, everything about this game so far has given me no doubts as to why it would be, why it would not be good. So, um, yeah, yeah, looking forward to February 21st. And that's what we have for the Last of Us gameplay side of things. Uh, Of course, if you want to check out other people's impressions, the people who have actually played the game, because I unfortunately have not, uh, obviously you can look around on YouTube and you'll probably find some some different impressions. So, one of the other things that was stressed by, it was Kyle from Easy Allies. I'm not quite familiar with that crew, I suppose. Uh, And Greg talked about it on Kind of Funny. And the thing that was stressed on both preview things was um, how tense the fight sort of felt. And you can kind of also see some of that in in the little gameplay thing again it's different to kind of you know 
send across like when someone's explaining a game and then when you actually go and see it you get a different perspective i suppose so um there's that but yeah look out for it february 21st there you go uh cool let's move on to talk about uh fifa 20's broken career mode um and the disappointing nature behind everything with that uh so there's been lots and lots of different issues I wrote down the ones that I remembered because there's so many issues with this game that I literally forgot, might have forgotten some of them. But, you know, it even with the ones that I remembered, it will tell you how broken, not the gameplay, but career mode. Obviously, Ultimate Team is fine because that's what makes them money. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let's get let's get into some of these issues. Uh, so, I think that I've put what at the top, which I think is the biggest issue. Uh, and, again, this is spe- uh, specific for career mode, but there's certain other bits and pieces. So... Uh, some issues include big teams such as Manchester City and Liverpool, which are well the two biggest teams in England right now, playing their second or reserve team against you and against other teams. Because of course, when you do a Premier League season on FIFA's career mode, you don't just play Man City; you play other teams. And Man City don't just play you; they play Everton and Liverpool and Bournemouth and Aston Villa and all those other teams. But of course, those all get simmed off screen basically because you don't play those matches. Uh, so yeah, they they are basically putting out their second and their reserve teams, so they're like youth teams basically, or their their second players, uh, and not playing like you know Liverpool wouldn't be playing Salah and Man City wouldn't be playing uh, Aguero that both that sort of thing, uh, and as a result, because they're putting out the weaker teams, they're ending up in the bottom half of the table. Which if you go and look at any pretty much any YouTube video that's covered the FIFA career mode, obviously that will give you a bit more of a visual rep- representation. Uh, you'll see Man City at like 17th in the league after 10 games, which is just completely unrealistic. So, uh, and the same with Liverpool, they'll be like 10th or 11th, and like Aston Villa and Bournemouth will be like first and second, which is just entirely unrealistic. So, I mean, you never know what might happen in football, but that's a bit of a stretch. So. Uh, especially considering like the current situation of football, so you'll get that that's happening, um, and then yeah, teams like Bournemouth and Everton will be in like the just like the top five roughly, and then you'll maybe get like a Chelsea in the top five, but it's all it's all just completely all over the place. So um, there's a new thing that they've introduced this year with FIFA 20, which is player conversations and press conferences. Basically, a player will say to you something like, "Hey, can you play me in the next match?" or "Thanks for playing me," or um, d- just other different bits and pieces uh, as to do with that, and you can actually not have like a text conversation but you can select certain dialogue options uh, to reply to the different players and obviously you can say like hey you don't deserve to start or like I'll consider you or like I'll start you next match or whatever the case may be there's also press conferences where you'll talk to well the press and you'll answer various different questions about the team's performance and stuff like that and um, basically the players will say to you let's say you're playing uh, Martial for Man United and you're playing him for five games in a row he'll then come over to you for some reason and say to you hey you're not playing me at the moment which is entirely unrealistic so that will be happening and then also in press conferences there's been examples of you'll be on a five game winning streak for example and the press will say to you hey why did you lose the last game which has literally not happened so that you've got that and that's obviously messing around with the whole progression system with the player conversations and with the press conference things like because it all adds towards basically the players morale and the team's morale which affects their performance uh so that's really bad uh if you attempt to change a player um for example like their boots because some some fans are more familiar with certain players boots like adidas or nike or whatever if you go to change or edit a player their stats will be lowered like their shooting ability their 
pace and passing and that sort of thing and it will be lowered and their position will be changed as well uh, there was an example on Twitter I saw where you know someone like Lionel Messi will be a 92 or a 93 someone changed their boots Messi's boots and the boot and the Messi went down to a rating of 37 so that shows you how broken that is and it will change them from Messi's usually a striker or a right winger depending on who you ask and it will change him to like a centre midfielder or something weird like that for like no reason because the thing's broken. Um, if you change teams throughout the season, so obviously you take on, you select who you want to start career mode with. If it gets to a point where you're in January or something and you get an offer from Liverpool or something to go and manage for them, you'll then end up at the end of the season where the Premier League will show that you've played 76 matches, even though in a Premier League season there's only 38 so that's a problem obviously that's a problem points wise that's a problem whatever uh, I don't know if you play 76 matches in total or if the game just tells you that you have but that's obviously a problem uh, sometimes if you add a player to the transfer hub which the transfer hub is essentially like a short list like you're, you're interested in this player you'll take a look at him but you have to go over to a transfer hub if you add a player to your transfer hub but don't go and buy them they will stand in the pitch, uh, in the middle of the pitch, the next game, and just stand there like they're they're uh, I don't know. They won't interact with the game, I don't think, but they'll be in the middle of the pitch when you start the match, which is weird. They're not on the team yet because you haven't bought them, but because they're in the, your transfer hub, they'll be in the middle of the pitch, which is weird. Uh, and that's that's basically the most of the stuff that I wrote down. Um, so obviously, as I've described, the game is very kind of broken in terms of the career mode. Uh, Robert, what do you think of all this mess? That's an insane amount of things to be yeah. broken on a game, especially since unless they radically change the source code, a good chunk of the game is basically copy-paste from the previous couple, three seasons, mm-hmm. minus you know, outstanding you know, graphical updates and things like that. It tends to fix the AI better, but there's so many unrelated things to the AI that are affected by that, it's kind of hard to see how that made it out of QA. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and I was listening to this one guy on on YouTube. I can't remember his name, but he uh, he's an Arsenal fan and that sort of thing. And he was saying, like, fair enough if you patch this within a week, but the game shouldn't have been released in this state, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's just it, I've never because I've played career mode for since FIFA eleven, twelve, maybe. I've never seen the career mode specifically this broken to where like. You know, the, the top teams in, let's just say, like, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool, Man City, the, the big teams in the Premier League, where they'll have lost, like, 8 out of 10 games and they'll be 17th in the league or something. I've never really seen that happen before in FIFA. So, uh, I've been kind of on Reddit as well to see, like, if there's information about any patches. Uh, funnily enough, uh, there were some issues with FIFA Ultimate Team. Well, it was one issue which they had some server problems and obviously FIFA Ultimate Team is where they can make money off the microtransactions because that's where you buy the player packs. Player packs isn't a thing in career mode. Career mode is the offline single player where you can play it with two people, uh, like a couch co-op kind of thing. Um, is the offline mode that basically doesn't make the extra money. Whereas Ultimate Team is where you buy the packs. You Maybe you get Ronaldo in the pack, maybe you get Martial, whoever you get in whatever pack. Um, there was server issues on the Ultimate Team, and apparently that got patched within 24 hours. So that kind of shows you, like, um, the just the kind of greedy nature. Because this is obviously this is obviously intended to be like, okay, let's let's launch FIFA with 
a broken career mode and try to drive players to ultimate team where there's opportunities for us to get more money that's essentially kind of what's happened here and if you go on the there's like a mega thread thing on on reddit at the moment which i've been keeping my eye on uh, and that's what most of the the people in there have been saying that this is this is ea's way to drive you to ultimate team to uh unlock packs and everything like that there is the new um it's called Volta. It's uh, it's basically FIFA Street. If you if maybe if you remember uh, FIFA Street in the past, and instead of them doing a separate FIFA Street game, they've basically added that in there as a game mode, which is kind of surprising if you think about EA. Like they they didn't release that as a single uh, as an individual thing. But basically at this point, there's so many different game modes on FIFA. This is just kind of another one on there. Uh, I played some of Volta. I didn't find it very interesting. Um, but that's just obviously my opinion, but it just kind of goes to show like the the offline single player mode that they have Has launched broken like you can still go in there and play it There will just be the issues that are in here, but it like significantly affects the obviously the enjoyment of the match so Because um, you don't want to really be doing a league where Aston Villa and Bournemouth are the teams you're competing against that's just not very fun or realistic uh, so you've got that happening, and yeah, I mean, do you think that that's what EA have done? Basically, like broken career mode, so that you'll be driven to the the micro transaction stuff. Basically, uh, I don't think they would do that intentionally, just because that's such a risky move. If they so, did, yeah. you know, break something to try to drive someone to somebody else, uh, that's more likely just to drive you away from the game entirely. So, mm. yeah. See, it's funny because like the the actual gameplay of FIFA 20, once I'd actually gotten used to it, it's actually quite fun. The the actual gameplay itself, like shooting, passing, and playing a match, it's just you know that one of the modes that you can play is is broken. So, and like you said, yeah, this is quite a lot of things. I mean, there might be more stuff that, like I said, that I've forgotten, but that's quite a lot of stuff to launch to have broken. I mean, even basic things, the way you you'll just change. Messi's boots from like Nike to Adidas and it lowers him from a 93 to a 37 why is that happening like you haven't gone in there and changed his pacing his shooting his his passing ability you've only changed his boots to Adidas or whatever you've done but that's just so weird and it will change his position to like a center midfielder which is is so these are also really strange bugs as well I will say that so uh yeah that's the situation with FIFA Hopefully they patch it, but we'll just have to wait and see when that happens, because obviously we have no control over that. Um, most of the other stuff I have is Sony-related or PlayStation-related. We do have... I'll bring it up now just so we can fully move on and talk about PlayStation stuff. Uh, there's been no Google Stadium news, but I just wanted to put it in here as like a little conversation piece, I suppose. No one is talking about Google Stadium at the moment. Uh, either in a positive or a negative or a mixed way. I'm not seeing any conversation about it at all um what would you make of that i suppose i think it's just because nobody really expects much from it i mean i'm mm. sure google has high expectations but then they have they had high expectations for hangout where's hangout then <laughs> you know has anybody done a hangout lately no uh but past that i mean with the bandwidth requirements and the streaming and the fact that there's so many other options out there everybody and when i say everybody i mean the two people that i know they're going to get it or only getting it as a curiosity. They don't see that as being their main gaming station or even replacing their main gaming station. They're just going to be like, ah, this is cheap enough that I can throw money at it that I know I'm not going to use it for just for the hell of it. Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's interesting. I've not heard anyone discuss it since last month and a half, maybe this last month or so. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's out next month. So isn't, isn't it, isn't it out in like November? Something? Uh, 
I think it is. So is that one something like that? At least it, uh, it's close, but I don't know exactly how close it is. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, what was I doing next? Um, yeah, some PlayStation stuff. Obviously, we've talked about a few things already. Uh, PlayStation is gonna be doing a store. Uh, basically, you'll be able to directly purchase, you know, games, consoles, controllers, VR stuff. You know, play PlayStation stuff. Uh, basically, there's no physical store that I'm actually hearing about, but it's more of like a, you know, you shop when you shop on Amazon or something, and they'll deliver things uh, to your door. Uh, what do you make of PlayStation doing this? I suppose. Uh, it's hard telling. I mean, it's one of those things that you know, since it's not a physical <laughs> store, like Microsoft mm-hmm. does have physical stores, right. and occasionally they'll have events there. So it's not like they're trying to, at least not that I know of, compete with Microsoft on that level. Um, so having a digital store, when they already have a digital store that kind of sort of mostly works, uh, I just I don't get you know the context of it. I'm sure there's something that we're just missing, but I'm not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it performs as well. Because like, obviously you can buy anything PlayStation related pretty much from Amazon. You can buy you know, a PS4 or a VR system, a controller, a game, whatever. Uh, even like PlayStation figures or whatever, so you can already do that from Amazon. And if you've got Prime, obviously you get free delivery and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see how this performs and if anybody else, because you know, you, you, there's always the trend of like, hey, you're doing a streaming service, I'll do it. You're doing a game subscription service, let's go ahead and do that. It'll be interesting to see if anybody else kind of copies uh, PlayStation. Like, it, not necessarily just Xbox. Will Ubisoft do a store? Will EA do a store? Um, that sort of thing. So, do you think that might end up happening? Like, somebody else will be like, hey, PlayStation's doing a store. We'll do our own online store kind of thing. Do you see that maybe happening? No, I don't really see that happening. No? Okay. Uh, cool. So, I wrote down... I just wanted to revisit briefly, not all of the Last of Us trailer, but one specific part. And this has been probably the most talked about, obviously, apart from the, uh, Joel reveal scene. Um, so there's obviously the bit in the trailer where, is it Dana, Dina, uh, Ellie's, uh, girlfriend slash friends with benefits or whatever they're calling their relationship, uh, it's hard to tell, um, she goes missing at a certain point in the trailer and then there's a bit where Ellie opens a door, someone opens a door and drags her through it and they hold her back, you hear a gunshot, you hear Ellie scream and it cuts to black, uh, I feel like we kind of glossed over it a little bit last week, obviously there was a whole bunch of stuff going on, what do you make of that scene from the trailer? I don't know because I don't really know the context of it because, right. you know, they did do the time skip a bit with Ellie. Mm-hmm. You know, they did age up Joel quite a bit. Um, we don't know if, you know, uh, the girlfriend's been kidnapped or if it's just, you know, unrelated to anything else. Right. It could be someone else. So that's being because uh, she looks over in like presumably the corner of the room when Ellie's being knelt on or sort of held back. Um, and it could, it might not even be Dana, it might be somebody else, we don't know, but I just thought that was one of the more interesting parts from the, uh, the trailer, and it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, Dana's been shot in the head or killed, um, but it could be, you know, something, so obviously it's, it's gonna be something, so, um, it'll be interesting to see what that is, obviously when we'll find out more, so, I mean, the trailer's trying to kind of tell you that, hey, Dana's been shot and Ellie's going on this revenge mission, but... I am going to assume that that's not just shot for shot what that is, because obviously that would be a little bit weird to kind of reveal it in that way. But yeah, I just thought I'd re- revisit that part from the uh, the trailer. 
So there you go. Uh, PlayStation Now, which is obviously speaking of streaming services, PlayStation's download slash streaming service uh, thing that you can subscribe to. Uh, they've added Uncharted 4 and of course God of War, the new revival, I suppose, from, from last year. And a few more games, and they've cut the price to £9 in the UK, which is what, 11 $12? 10 Roughly? 10 Okay. Uh, they've cut it down to that, and they've added a few more games. So they, they've been slowly adding games on PlayStation now for for a couple of months now. Um, but what do you make of them adding these games and doing actual price cut? Because it was uh, a bit more expensive before. Uh, well, it's definitely in response to both the uh, um, Xbox Live Gold, you know, Games of Gold, and right. then... The uh, thing. The, the Game Pass and the Ultimate because, and we've said this before, and this actually got mentioned a bit in the uh, Sacred Symbols podcast, that my, that Sony doesn't really have a face mm-hmm. for their franchise, and they, they talked about who might do it. But, you know, with Xbox, you've got uh, Major Nelson and uh, the other a couple other people that are part of that podcast. Mm-hmm. And you go from there, and then you just go with... Uh, the fact that they can do this, that, and the other with the the characters, and then they've got faces for everybody and everything, and they can show all the like real value with the the ultimate and everything, and they don't really have that for PlayStation. Um, you know, you don't really have any reason to buy the Plus because of that, but now you know they're trying to to bump that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is any kind of prep for PlayStation Five? Because I'm assuming with them doing all this work they've done to PlayStation now, slowly adding games, doing a price cut, it's bound to stick around when PS5 comes out. Uh, do you think this will be any kind of like more significant with PS5? I'm sure a lot of the stuff they're doing is prep for PlayStation 5. Whether mm-hmm. or not it actually works, it's hard telling. But right, yeah. We so. won't really know until after the fact, so... Yeah, I mean, backwards compatibility is going to be a big thing with that. Like, what, what about if on... When PS5 comes out, they add PS1 to to uh, PS1 to five games on there, uh, and you can you know same same way you can kind of use it with Game Pass. You can download Xbox Original 360 and one games. Uh, if if they may be leaning more towards that, um, so we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, that'll be interesting to see what they do with it with PS5. But yeah, they're they're doing some stuff with it, which is good because for a long period of time, PlayStation Now was just there. And it was just this streaming service, and uh, that was pretty much all you could do with it. So it's interesting to see them changing stuff with it. Uh, speaking of PlayStation and Faces, uh, one of them's leaving PlayStation. Uh, Sean Layden, uh, boss of uh, PlayStation's Game Studios, is going to leave the company, which this information came out Monday, I think. Uh, the news was announced just after midnight uh, via PlayStation's Twitter account. Uh, no reason was given for his, for his departure. Uh, Sony's short statement paid tribute to uh, Layden's visionary leadership uh, and years of service. Layden has been with PlayStation since 1987, uh, so it says some 32 years, uh, which is interesting as well. Uh, To fans, Layden is best known as the face of PlayStation at E3 press conferences, while boss of Sony Computer uh, Entertainment America, a post uh, he held after a reshuffle in March 2018, put him in charge of its worldwide game development studios. Uh, in that position, Layden oversaw the launches of PlayStation 4 exclusives such as uh, Detroit Become Human, Days Gone, and uh, God of War, as as well as some others. Sorry, God of War and Days Gone, as well as the imminent arrival of Death Stranding in well a month's time. Death Stranding is out in a month. That's uh, that's crazy. Uh, so he oversaw those games. It's not clear who will replace Layden in that role 
at the moment. Uh, he was PlayStation's representative at last year's Game Awards when all execs from all three major console platforms took to the stage for the first time. If you guys remember that from uh, Get, uh, Game Awards last year. Um, and he was the first Sony exec to offer up some uh, hope on crossplay. Um, when you're a gamer's uh, Bertie, press the company last year. So Sony's um, statement below. So this is from Sony on Twitter. Uh, it's with great emotion that we announce uh, the world that Worldwide Studios uh, chairman Sean Layden will be departing SIE, Sony Interactive Entertainment. His visionary leadership will be greatly missed. We wish him success in future endeavors and are deeply grateful here for his years of service. Uh, thanks for everything, Sean. And that was that. Uh, yeah, you've you've voiced in the last couple of weeks or in the past about Sony not having enough of a, a voice or a face out there and now one of them is leaving. Um, what do you make of this uh, situation? Well, obviously you want, you know, the leaving to be for the best. You don't want to be something to where he was like forced out or something happened and he was uh, kicked out or he was just like, I'm tired of this shit and I'm gone. Uh, Obviously, that's never going to come too light in the press. Yeah. Uh, But past that, you know, you just wish the best for people in terms of, you know, they're doing what they love to do. And hopefully that is the case in this situation. It is kind of strange that, like, you know, the week before this, or, like, five days before this, or whatever, you know, Last of Us 2 comes back into light. Obviously, we knew the game wasn't cancelled or whatever, um, but it comes back into light. We get this trailer, everybody's excited again, and we get a release date, and then Death Stranding's out in a month. The PS5's probably out next year. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is out there somewhere. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear about Ghost of Tsushima soon. Um, and there's all this kind of, you know, things are happening with PlayStation and he decides to leave now, which is I, I just find the timing to be a little bit strange. Um, but hey, maybe he maybe you know if they want to change things sooner rather than later in terms of getting someone someone in the door, um, in, in you know in front of the company or whatever before you know the PS5 comes out and whatnot. That makes sense, I suppose. But yeah, I mean th- you know there's not always a great time to leave a company, I suppose. And this wouldn't have been you know I, I don't know. It's I just think the timings. Uh, slightly strange, but um, yeah, in terms of who will replace him, I've got no idea because I kind of echo your thoughts as well. In terms of, there's not a whole lot of outside of Sean Layden, I couldn't really name you too many other people that like work specifically at Sony. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who replaces him. Do you have anyone in mind that could do it? I couldn't even begin to tell you who's working at Sony now. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah on any kind of executive level, which is what it would be. Um, maybe they could promote somebody on a fan service level up to that level, but that's a really risky move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do hope they've kind of, you know, obviously the contracts, paperwork and whatnot. I do hope that they've at least talked to someone before Sean's uh, departure. Now, it doesn't say he's leaving effective immediately, so I don't know if when specifically he's leaving. It didn't say, I don't think, in here. Um but uh, yeah, because obviously we Reggie gave like a date or whatever for when he was retiring, and Doug Bowser came in. Obviously, like you said, there's uh, Phil Spencer and Larry Larry Herb, is it? Uh, yeah, Larry Herb for, for Xbox. So they've obviously they're still there anyway. But yeah, other than Sean Layden, I couldn't. Like, I echo your thoughts on that as well. I couldn't name you someone else who works at at PlayStation necessarily. So we'll see who comes in and. I think the main thing is, you know, as long as Sony don't make any bad decisions as a result of this, as long as the PS5 is still good, as long as Last of Us is still good, um, 
Uh, Death Stranding, by the way, has also gone gold, so that will be coming out. Uh, as long as that game's still good, you know, obviously a lot of that is down to 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 uh, Kojima. Uh, as long as everything kind of keeps working, uh, if you know what I mean, then um, hopefully we'll have no problems. But are you nervous about this, perhaps, with, you know, what could happen with uh, changes at Sony? Not really, no. no. I mean, those things tend to work themselves out, so... See what happens. Uh, speaking of other Sony stuff, uh, crossplay, uh, which was previously in beta because there was the whole Fortnite thing, obviously with that, uh, it's now out of beta on PS4 and is now available to more developers. So that's a good thing as well. And um, we'll see who takes advantage of that in the coming weeks, months, years. Uh, interestingly, this happened. This is happening when uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is going to have crossplay with, I think, Xbox and PC. Obviously, it's not on Switch. Uh, but I think Xbox, PC, and PS4 will be able to do that. So if that will help that run better or whatever, we shall see. But um, yeah, interesting stuff there as well. So a- anything on to say about the uh, crossplay stuff? No, it's just it's something that should have happened a long time ago. But that's neither yeah. here nor there. Yeah. So they did take their time, but uh, they're there eventually. So all right, well, let's move on to feedback and then a couple of the question things that we've been doing. Uh, of course, if you have any thoughts, feelings, comments on anything video game related that we've discussed or anything related to Entertainment Talk, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalk UK, there's the contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, Jack says, hey guys, with Sean leaving, allow me to ask an obvious question. Who's going to replace him? Uh, of course, we've just kind of discussed this, so we're trampling over Jack's email a little bit. But... Uh, I mean, some people have said, like, what about if someone like Greg Miller does it? Greg Miller is just too busy at kind of funny. Um, I think that, I, I mean, like, so is there anybody else that are in other positions? Because we've obviously talked to, like, you know, is there anybody at Sony who could simply stay at Sony and fill that position? Is there anybody outside of Sony who you could think of who might be good for the role? Uh, well, anybody that might actually be good for the role is going to be too busy to actually do it. I mean, you yeah. mentioned Greg Miller, obviously, uh, you know, Chris Reagan, Colin Moriarty, they're both way too busy to do anything like that. Right. And there's not really that many big notables that could actually, you know, fit into that uh, position relatively easily. Yeah. Uh, it'd have to be somebody inside the company, but public enough to where people would recognize the name. And frankly, they just don't have that. Yeah, um, I've seen some people talking about, if you guys remember uh, Jack Trenton, I think he was one of the previous bosses at Sony or something. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't really as like glued into the gaming industry at that point, but I, I recognize the name. I don't know what Jack Trenton's doing these days, but if the possibility is there, then the possibility is there. So we'll just have to, just have to see what Sony says. Uh, but yes, thanks for the email. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Sony. It seems like Sony were quiet for a little while. Obviously, they weren't at E3, and now you've got PlayStation Now stuff. You've got Sony's opening a shop. Sean Layden's leaving. Uh, you know, you've got a new state of play, and then you've got all these other bits and pieces that are happening. So, a lot of information coming out at once for Sony. It's interesting stuff. Uh, let's move on to some questions that we've got. Uh, so some of the continuation from the questions that we've got. Uh, so number 39 is uh, who is your favorite villain from a video game and why? Um, who's a good villain from a video game? See, I mean, obviously, you know, Crash Bandicoot's a big game to me um, and, and a big thing to me. I wouldn't necessarily say Dr. Neo Cortex. I don't think, I mean, he's kind of a slapstick cartoony villain and whatever, but I don't think he's that great. 
Um, and there's, a, I, there's actually other villains in Crash Bandicoot that I think are maybe better than him. I know obviously he's the whole arch nemesis and all that sort of thing, but he's, I mean, he's not, he's a bit kind of one note and all that sort of, sort of thing. So, um, any thoughts? Your favorite villain from a, a video game? Uh, not really. I guess maybe the villain from uh, Far Cry 4, just because at least they put a lot of effort into making him like a super charismatic person, even if. He, you know, you get introduced to him initially off the bat, and then he's gone pretty much for ninety nine percent of the game, yeah. just annoying you from off site. But at least they put some effort into making him interesting. Mm-hmm. But that's really about it. I do like um, it's even Nadine or Nadia from uh, Uncharted. Obviously, she becomes kind of an anti hero in the end, but she's kind of interesting in Uncharted Four. Um... Other than that, like, I mean, there's some interesting enemies in Gears of War, but I wouldn't really call any of them, like, main villains. Obviously, there's the Locusts, but the Locusts really don't have, like, they're, they're just a bunch of aliens or whatever. Um, there is a couple of new interesting enemy types in Gears 5, but again, none of them are really fleshed-out villains, per se. But other than that, I can't really think of anybody uh, that I can think of off the top of my head, so... Uh, the next question is, what is your favorite game from your childhood? Everybody knows my answer, so what's your answer? <laughs> uh, probably Zelda. I mean, the the cool. original Legend of Zelda came out um, when I was about 10 or 12, so that was a very important game. Mm-hmm. And that was also one of the first games that actually allowed you to save the game. Otherwise, but before that, you had to have like crazy-ass uh, you know, codes to regain your progress. So, Yeah. Uh, any specific Zelda? Uh, the original one, the original Legend of Zelda. Cool. Uh, obviously, mine's Crash Bandicoot 3, and I've spoken at length on different podcasts about that. Because, uh, yeah, obviously Crash Bandicoot as a whole, but I think the best game from Crash, the Crash Bandicoot franchise is number three. So, But you all knew that already. Um, uh, let's do... I've got two other ones. Let's just uh, knock those out as well. Are there any games that you're really bad at? Uh, you've spoken in the past about like you're not so great at like first-person shooters and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's probably probably going to be your answer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I could be better at certain games. Like there's certain times in Gears of War where, uh, and I'm I can only really, I'm using that because it's obviously a very recent example where like an enemy's ducking in and out of cover and moving, and I'm thinking like I should have probably shot you by now. Like my aim is off, and I probably should have hit you. But I don't think I'm bad at shooters necessarily. Um, I, do, I I would take this question more as I want to be better at certain video games. Like there's certain parts of the uh, Modern Warfare beta, you know, first person shooter, different type of thing. Where I think I should have probably killed someone but they got me. Whether that's because the game's bad or whatever. Um, or it's just, you know, I should have shot earlier or shot more shots on target I suppose. Um, that sort of thing. But yeah, I'd like to be better at well shooters I suppose so um, that that's kind of that answer in terms of I mean FIFA is like you can lose certain 50-50 tackles when you really kind of shouldn't have and uh, you can get fouled and not get a free kick you can make a good tackle and get blamed for a foul but that's just obviously a referee decision so that would kind of be my answer uh, but I'd like to be better at certain games so uh, have you ever seen somebody get really angry when they lose? Yes, it's called YouTube um, rage compilations. <laughs> I've certainly seen that uh, enough times. And obviously, the best of those is when uh, Ty- when you watch Tyrone Magnus watch them on uh, YouTube. I think I've I've discussed those before. He's not done any for a couple of months because he does more uh, 
try not to laugh videos which are brilliant as well but uh yeah him just kind of cracking up at you know people smashing their keyboards and at times throwing their playstations out the window and i'm not joking uh and like smashing their tvs up and whatnot so yeah i'm guessing you've obviously seen that as well so yeah i've seen things like that before mm-hmm. uh, what, what's the i guess worst example because obviously like smashing a tv smashing a keyboard is a little bit more basic what's kind of the most outrageous thing you've seen uh probably the most outrageous thing was uh, somebody was playing a fifa game and they opened a pack and mm-hmm. they got a gold version of a character and they were so excited they chucked their chair across the room and it smashed into their tv okay all right uh that's pretty cool um i i've seen i think a video but it wasn't the tyron magnus one this was for, for, like, for like a couple of years ago uh, someone was playing FIFA with their friend, and their friend scored a goal in the 90th minute. They literally just unplugged their... I think it was an Xbox or a PlayStation, I can't quite remember. Just unplugged it and just threw it out the window, which is just outrageous. Like, you know, you've, you've only lost a FIFA game. Um, obviously, there's a whole, you know, they're going to brag at you because they beat you at FIFA. They scored a last-minute goal, and that's never nice to, to happen. But I think that's a little bit out there, so... um yeah there's that and that's what we've got for you for this episode of random gaming talk thank you very much for listening of course you can find all the content that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org uh yeah lots of interesting stuff coming up of course again i'll always i'll keep saying (coughs) if you want to know what we're doing from basically october to december with a few things missing off the list uh go and check out the fall autumn uh podcast plans podcast that i made which discusses all that sort of stuff and uh, yeah, go and check out all that. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting episode. Lots of lots of Sony, Sony stuff and some interesting questions. So again, thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, you can go on to Patreon. We're on there, of course. You can also use our Amazon affiliate link. Uh, you can shop on Amazon. We'll get a cut of what you spend. It won't cost you extra. Uh, iTunes feeds, please rate, review, and subscribe to those. Just tap on the subscribe button and then tap on the star rating, and that will help us out as well. And if you want to if you want to find all those iTunes feeds, of course you can search for Entertainment Talk on podcast platforms, or if you go to the website entertainmenttalk.org, you can uh, click on the podcast drop down menu, and the iTunes feeds post is there, and all of them are listed in there as well. So <clears throat> I'm starting to lose my voice a bit, so I need to wrap it up. Uh, you can also share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, put them in different Facebook groups. Please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. Uh, you can also, of course, uh, watch us play different video games. Me and David stream on Twitch. Robert streams on uh, Mixer. And uh, look out for Let's Play Sundays. Thank you all very much for listening. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.